Welcome to Across the Street, your one-stop shop for all things inpatient medicine at the Durham VA, from faculty and staff who know it and love it just as much as you do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Across the Street. Today, I am super excited to be speaking with Dr. Roger Little. For those of you who have not met him yet, he is a professor in the Department of Gastroenterology at Duke and the Durham VA. He started his tenure at the Durham VA Medical Center as the GI section chief and then moved to the division chief of GI, where he served for 10 years. Since then, he has been heavily involved both in patient care, teaching trainees, and in research. And today he's going to be teaching us a little bit about the ins and outs of doing research at the Durham VA. So thank you for joining me today, Dr. Little. I'm happy to be here. Thanks very much for inviting me. Yes, thank you. So uh, why don't we start out, just tell us a little bit about the research that you do and how you got interested in it. When I wanted to think about what I would do as a career in medicine, I always assumed that I would do some type of research, and that's carried through, gosh, my entire career now. I started doing research when I was in high school. Uh, I worked in an endocrinology lab in Vanderbilt. I grew up in Nashville, and I worked in a lab through college. And then when I started medical school, also at Vanderbilt, I worked in a biochemistry lab. Vanderbilt is very similar to Duke in a lot of ways. One of those is that the VA hospital is right across the street from the university hospital. So medical students, residents, fellows, faculty are back and forth between the two places. During my fellowship, it was an opportunity to get back in the lab and do research. I knew that I was interested in endocrinology. At that time, there was a lot of interest in the field of gastrointestinal hormones. So these were, you know, peptide hormones that were being discovered in the gastrointestinal tract. And people really didn't know all that they did, but they thought they were important. In my project, when I was a fellow was to develop an assay for one of those hormones known as cholecystokinin or CCK. And CCK is released from specific intraendocrine cells in the proximal small intestine and is released into the blood and it stimulates pancreatic secretion and gallbladder contraction and even induces satiety. So the lab that I went to work in was the lab of John Williams, and he was a pancreatic physiologist. And so my job was to figure out how to extract CCK from the blood. And this became a, actually at the time, it was the only reliable assay for measuring CCK in the blood. And so we measured CCK in rats and mice and dogs and baboons and people and uh, As a result of that, I became an expert in CCK. And a few years later, Ian Taylor took the job. He had moved from UCLA to Duke, became chief of the GI uh, division at Duke. And he was also interested in gastrointestinal hormones. And he reached out to me and asked me if I'd be interested in coming. And he was putting together a group of people who shared similar interest in studying, you know, intraendocrine cells, GI hormones. And so that's how I ended up coming to, to Duke. Wow, that's awesome. How did you find yourself ending up doing research at the VA? Ian Taylor 
said specifically, I would like you to be the chief of the GI section at the Durham VA. Well, my experience with the VA was that as a, you know, a medical student and resident and fellow, because we rotated through the VA hospitals. And so one of the advantages to coming to the VA was that he would guarantee that I had protected time to do research, but you could also apply for VA research grants. And the VA has a very elaborate system analogous to the NIH for funding research for VA-based investigators. And if you had a a VA appointment, even a part-time VA appointment, you were eligible to apply for VA research funding. So it allowed me to apply to two major sources of research funding, both the NIH and the VA. Those could complement one another and would help obtain actually two opportunities for research funding. And so that's how I came to the VA and started doing VA-related research. So did your projects end up being funded by both the VA and the NIH at the same time? Yes. So when I came, I had NIH funding. And then after I arrived, I was able to apply for VA funding. And the VA has both career development awards as well as what are called VA Merit Review Awards, which are similar to NIH R01 type grants. So they're investigator-initiated grants that support both either basic laboratory research or clinical research projects. And I, the work that I had always done was laboratory-based. And to the VA's credit, it's been a, a wonderful opportunity. I think it's benefited the VA as well because they can attract faculty members who are interested in doing research and their affiliation with the university, I think, helps both patient care activities as well as reiterates their commitment to supporting biomedical research. Now, it helps the VA overall because the VA benefits when you get a research grant because they get indirect costs that come to support the research operation, which is also very good. But I think there's a mutual respect and appreciation for VA research. Yeah, and I hope that motivates some listeners to maintain their affiliations with the VA in the long term. There's a lot of mutual benefit there. Well, congratulations on your success with that. How was the process of applying for these VA research grants? What do you think the residents should know about it? Well, it's important to recognize that the VA supports both clinical research as well as basic research. Now, they love to have research projects that have a clinical application that's relevant to the VA mission. So everything about the VA is to support the care of veterans. And there are certain diseases that are more common in veterans than uh, the normal population. There's areas of focus that they want to see applications. They want to support research in those various areas. I have found consistently that the types of work that we do has some application to diseases that are common in veterans. So I mentioned that the initial work that we were doing was related to cholecystokinin 
or CCK. There's been a lot of interest in that because it induces satiety is related to weight loss. It ties into obesity, which is obviously common in, well, the entire American population. And uh, another focus of our lab has been in the area of pancreatitis. Pancreatitis is also common in the VA population. So there are areas where it's important to realize what the VA mission is, but because they're committed to supporting basic research also, it's generally pretty broad and it would not be difficult for people to identify appropriate pathways for obtaining VA funding for the research they want to do. Got it. And what was the process exactly for getting VA funding? Every um, university-affiliated VA, I believe, has uh, a research office. There's an associate chief of staff for research at the Durham VA, and he directs a support staff that includes an administrative officer and various personnel that help process grant applications and support the grant after they've already been awarded. So there's a pre-award process and a post-award process. And the research office helps investigators in that way. That's been great because they will give you examples of successful applications. They'll put you in contact with investigators who have had success in obtaining grants and do everything from providing laboratory support to providing animal care there's a veterinarian at the VA, they have an animal care facility. So it's a very comprehensive program. The challenge, of course, is coming up with the right idea and writing a compelling proposal, but there are people available to help. Okay, so how has doing research through the VA impacted your experience with it, and how do you think it's impacted the project itself? So uh, I have had uh, different projects funded at different times. One of the things about the VA mayor review process is that they will support one grant at a time. So you can't have multiple VA grants, but that's okay. And so at various times over the years, I've had different topics funded through the VA. Our current project really stems from a discovery that we made probably a about seven or eight years ago, because we discovered we were looking at introendocrine cells, these hormones that produce CCK, and we made of a mouse that had green CCK cells, expressed green fluorescent protein in these cells. And we were looking intestine in these mice, and you could see the cells very easily because they fluoresced green. And when we were looking at them under the microscope, one of the people in my lab noticed that these cells, which are normally triangular or flask shaped had a little foot process coming off the bottom of the cell. And all of the textbooks describe these cells as triangular shaped cells with no little foot process. And we were looking at those and we looked at more and more cells and they were actually very common. And so I had a really good postdoctoral fellow join the lab uh, at that time and his job was to determine what those things were and where they went and what they did. And to make a long story short, he discovered that those cells actually, through that process, actually connect to nerves. So introendocrine cells are, they line the gut mucosa and their apical surface is open to the lumen of the gut. 
So in that way, they can taste food or bacteria, anything that you ate would have a direct exposure to these introendocrine cells. And when we discovered that, they, that these cells also connect to nerves, it provides a direct neural communication from the gut to the brain. And so this neural circuit, which we have called the gut connectome, is a way for the gut to sense what we eat and to signal to the brain and for the brain to then to signal back to the gut. When I was thinking about this idea, I thought, well, gosh, this is how you get mad cow disease. You eat a prion, the prion gets into an enteroendocrine cell, then spreads into the nervous system and goes to the brain. Dan Prusner was the person who discovered prions, which, the, which is the cause of mad cow disease. So I thought to myself, I need to talk to Stan Prusner about this. And we sit down in front of my computer and I had this video. We put uh, Diego Borges, who was the fellow in my lab, had done a great experiment. And he put these cells in culture. He put an introendocrine cell into culture with a neuron and did time-lapse photography. And over 24 hours videoed these two cells and the introendocrine cell swims around, it approaches the neuron, they connect, and then the introendocrine cell withdraws and they're connected by this neuropod, this connection that we described in mice. Wow. And I showed this to Stan and his eyes get real big. And I said, Stan, I think this is how you get mad cow disease. It infects these intraendocrine cells and they connect the nerves and it spreads that way. And uh, he said, you might be right. So I'm feeling pretty good about that, right? I hear, okay. Uh, and I said, Stan, would you like to work on this together? He goes, no. And I go, why? He goes, when was the last time you ever saw a patient with mad cow disease? I said, well, I've never seen a patient with mad cow disease. He says, see, that's why nobody cares about that anymore. Harsh. <laughs> he, he says, you ought to work on Parkinson's disease. There's evidence that Parkinson's disease is a prion disease. And maybe it starts in the gut. So we started to work on Parkinson's disease. And we discovered that these introendocrine cells contain a protein called alpha-synuclein, which is the major protein in Lewy bodies, which are the hallmark of Parkinson's disease. And there's evidence that alpha-synuclein spreads from the gut to the brain. And so we were able to get a research grant from the VA to study Parkinson's disease related to this hypothesis that maybe it starts in the gut and maybe it involves introendocrine cells as a source for spreading alpha-synuclein onto nerves, which then spreads to the brain and causes Parkinson's disease. So that's how the VA is supporting our research on this idea that, hey, 
maybe Parkinson's is a gut disease. Wow. Yeah, I, I can confidently say in my years here, I have not yet seen mad cow disease, but I've seen a ton of Parkinson's for sure. <laughs> so one of the features of Parkinson's is constipation. Constipation is extremely common. It affects about two thirds of patients with Parkinson's disease. And if you uh, get a history from a lot of patients with Parkinson's disease, they'll say, yeah, I, my constipation started 10 or 20 years before I was ever diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, which supports the idea that maybe it originates in the gut. It affects the nerves of the gut before it becomes manifest in the brain. So how, besides the funding, how has doing research through the VA impacted the research experience for you? Well, the requirement is that you have a clinical appointment at the VA. And so I've continued to do clinical work at the VA since I first came. So that provides, you know, a, a great opportunity to interact with colleagues on the faculty, as well as fellows and house staff and, and medical students. I mean, this is all centered on supporting the VA mission for caring for veterans. And so that's a combination of bringing new ideas through biomedical research, as well as providing clinical care to, to veterans. And they recognize the importance of teaching. And so the VA has been very supportive in providing funding for not only our residents, but also our fellows. Yeah, for sure. And if there are trainees listening who are interested in getting involved in research through the VA, what advice would you give them, Dr. Little? Well, the most important thing is to identify a mentor who they would like to work with. And if this is a VA-based research mentor, then there may be funds either through that mentors program to support that research. And they, you know, there are VA research facilities, there are VA research labs that are available. So yeah, there's, there are ample opportunities to do both laboratory-based research as well as you know, clinical HSRMD type research. So find a VA faculty mentor. Is that right? Yep. Yep. That would be the initial step. Thank you so much for sharing all of your work and your wisdom with us today. Any parting thoughts, anything I should have asked you that I didn't about research at the VA? I've been here for what, 33 years and have been affiliated with the VA for that entire time and had great experiences doing research both at Duke and the VA. And I found that the close affiliation between the VA and the university has been extremely positive. So yeah, it's been a fantastic experience. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I think I would describe my career as being exactly the way I would have outlined it. Not that there aren't hiccups along the way, but as far as what I would like to do for a living, I thought this was the best. Oh, that's great to hear. Well, congratulations on all your success. And thank you again for chatting with me today. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me. Of course. And as always, the views and opinions expressed today are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Durham VA or the Veterans Health Administration.